Welcome to uh, another edition of Indiepocalypse Radio. I am your host, Andrew, back with another uh, session here. Uh, slightly earlier. I mean, I say slightly earlier, but like uh, a time is arbitrary and different everywhere. So who knows? Maybe it's later for you. Maybe it's earlier. Maybe you're listening to this after the fact and at which point time no longer carries any meaning. Oh, I forgot. There was one place I forgot to tell people that the show was live. And it's in the Discord. Uh, yeah. I don't, that's actually probably maybe the most effective one because I can tag everyone. I'm surprised so many people are still there when nobody uh, ever does anything there. And I tag them once. I, t- I slam the everything tag in there once a week. But who knows? Maybe people just mute it. But then what's the anyway? That's aside from the point. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm the host of the show, the uh, uh, publisher, all that stuff, Indiepocalypse, that monthly anthology of games that it is. Uh, We are here with game makers, a full suite of game makers from that aforementioned, or I mean, not from, I mean, they've been in it once, uh, Indiepocalypse, that is. but to, to start off, to start off with a group of uh, game developers who you may know partially from issue forty-three of Indiepocalypse. I'm like, what's the newest one? Uh, issue forty-three in Indiepocalypse, with a time traveler's guide to past delicacies. It's Fantasia Malware. Hello. Oh, hey. And who have we got? Malware. Can we have? Uh, can I have Fantasia Malware uh, sound off <laughs> one by one? To put a name yes, to a voice. Uh, I'm, I'm Gabriel from Fantasia Malware. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jira, also from Fantasia Malware. And I'm Chloe, surprisingly also from Fantasia Malware. <laughs> the perfect trio. <laughs> uh, hello, welcome to the show. Uh, I, important question to get all to start it all off from the the important Indiepocalypse question that uh, the people come here for, or maybe it's just something I ask as informal marketing for myself to figure out because I need to know the answer to this question. How'd you hear about Indiepocalypse? I guess I personally at least knew it just from Itch and uh, then we also friends with uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Kuya. Okay. Past uh, edition, so I guess yeah. Just just slow osmosis through uh, being around. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Gabriel's been the one that's been talking to you more uh, i uh i um i've heard of it around i I've, I've heard this thing around i've also seen a lot of these like compilation releases and i think it's a nice idea but i, I haven't been following it so directly actually no it, but I like it. And, and and nor do i uh, expect people to be <laughs> i think uh, one of the benefits i think of anthology kind of collaborative works in an art form is that you can just dip in submit a release and not have to dedicate your life to it you know uh but, <laughs> but it, it feels increasingly uh, that people want you to be like hey get in on our brand uh make sure you're uh, if you're part of something, make sure you, you're posting our brand. Make sure you've got all our stuff live and ready to go. But, but anyway, but also, yeah. Well, I mean, something I really like about uh, the um, it's kind of like a compliment you on your 
show about your products. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't worry. I, I will find, I guarantee you I'll find a way to deflect it somehow. <laughs> uh, or I, I mean, what I think is kind of like what the NDAC needs, which is kind of like a uh, creating a context or like uh, creating relationships between projects because I feel yeah. like it's creating about, a conversation about yes. what's happening, not just things kind of happening in isolation, no connection made between them or no commentary on them. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of people like posting on x.com, whatever <laughs> it's called. <laughs> like, you know, just made a new uh, 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 shoot them up, uh, hashtag game dev, whatever. And, 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 yeah. And, and it's like, <laughs> And, and, and like, uh, yeah, it's like, it's kind of interesting to kind of like, to give these things uh, other spaces to inhabit. And I think like, uh, like a game anthology is like a nice example of that. Yeah. And I've, uh, and th- th- this show is another kind of like extension of this idea of, I want to kind of get people outside of. Like I, in the same way that I don't need people to be fully dedicated to the brand, I don't need everyone to be best friends. But I like the idea of the, uh, uh, like convention acquaintance. You know that if you, if games were a medium where you could regularly go to conventions, uh, I mean, and I mean that in a way that an average person would go there because they make money going there, like other artists do from time to time. Um, you'd be like, oh, I know you from shows. I'll see you at the next show, and that's the. Uh, extent of our relationship but i think that's a nice relationship to have sometimes yeah well not what people doing it's kind of like the, the pizza verse <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like i i don't want to make a community i want to uh, make a collection of people who are casually aware of each other <laughs> but uh, uh and also like you know uh i realize I, i've discovered this not a lot yes last week there were or two weeks ago there some number of weeks ago issue 43 came out and then uh, uh two weeks after that i went to like a art fair and i sold more issues of indiepocalypse on that one day than i did in the two weeks of being online excluding patreon which makes a lot, the bulk of the money but i mean that, that that's been our experience too honestly yeah um that like in-person events are so much more rewarding both personally and in terms of like actual numbers yeah yeah because yeah, like how uh it's it's strange like because you know like you you, you joke i posted making my shooter a hashtag game dev but like what do you do uh posted uh, uh doing my some of my work on my uh uh time traveling art game hashtag indie dev <laughs> 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 like even if you type in hashtag alt game, I don't know how much that really changes anything. Uh, it's like a, a, a speaking of uh, hashtag alt game. If people weren't familiar, well, what is a time traveler's guide to past delicacies? Mm, it's basically a game where you um, are guided by a sock puppet to go back in time and to steal recipes from the past. And um, it's basically me uh, being alone in my living room, yeah. half naked, pretending to be a sock puppet. You don't see the naked parts of me. In the, I, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, real, I'm realizing increasingly the more you talk. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. 
<laughs> We're all half naked right now. I'm just kidding. Hey. Yes, no, that's why this is a camera, a no camera show, so people can be whatever state of dress they want to be. Uh, no, but like originally it was made like last year we organized a series of four events in Berlin where we all live at the moment. And uh, we made, uh, each of us made a game for each event, and that was kind of my contribution for, uh, for, for, for one event. And back in the day, I was. Really fascinated by the by the interactions of food and colonialism and stuff like that. So I decided to make a game about that. And don't ask me why I used the sock puppet. I don't really know. It was fun and <laughs> right. doing it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And well, and I guess like uh, like in this game, you go through like very specific times in history. Yeah. You 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 basically go. You have like two aspects. One is that you, it's like kind of a fake cooking game where you have to follow these recipes, but it's not at all a functional cooking game where you kind of fun slicing vegetables or whatever you yeah. do cooking game. Like <laughs> it's super clunky and fucked up and it doesn't really work. And you have like these sock puppets speaking in your ears the whole time. And then you have like a, other uh, scenes or aspects where you actually travel back to prehistory or the Middle Ages and you kind of have to snap these pictures or like steal recipes, so to speak, from from the people, uh, and it's kind of this idea of like kind of uh, time traveling colonialism, where it's like the past has already happened, so it's up for grabs, and you can just plunder it as much as you want. Uh, but everything is kid friendly. Yes, right. It, it's I think it was you said it was meant to be. Uh... We're not, not like a like a public it's a publicly played game. If, I'm trying to think of the phrasing for exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So the idea, um, like these events we do and uh, we organize, are based on the idea that we want to perform games live. Maybe yeah. you can relate us more to that. But uh, so this game was originally made to be played in front of an audience. So uh, I basically played it uh, behind a little toy kitchen that I. <laughs> bought with the money from the German government. <laughs> Wait, but didn't you film it naked? So it's actually not so kid-friendly? Yeah, but <laughs> Well, the kids I, don't need to know that. I mean, it could be the kind of thing where it's like a reflection in one of the spoons on the kitchen. Yeah, but maybe that's actually... And have yeah, digitally zoom in. Yeah, I haven't looked at the reflections in the, in the videos, but it's not impossible that you see parts of my naked body for the, for the true... Uh, people really into uh, analyzing this video game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, um, the true gamers out there. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's in the wiki documentation of the game. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, that was... Um, the, uh, uh, it was very exciting when that popped into because my uh, feed because there, you know, I'm, I'm not a uh, what's it called? I'm not a newcomer to indie games in like the the indie scene despite this being not that old like i have you know fucking i was like oh wait a minute there's one of those things i realized like i have what's it called uh, pictures of a recently documented year like in my itch like to playlist towards the beginning you know and that was what like a decade ago or something oh yeah that's actually like a jam game i made eight yeah, years ago. yeah. And, I, and i was like oh fantasia malware what a cool little group i love people who are just like doing this stuff so it is it is for whatever uh 
join is to join this is equally like I love when pe when people I recognize <laughs> submit the thing. I'm like I, uh, I love I love these kind of like art collectives that are uh, springing up around games. It's nice when you can also the government will give you money to do it. <laughs> well, well, you know, actually, the so there's three of us, and yeah. we were actually previously in a much bigger collective called uh, uh, AAA Software, which also made like video games. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there are like, and I think that's it's it's cool. I love uh, you know if you spend time on Wikipedia and you start going to indie bands, uh, all those people have ten thousand associated acts because you know within that indie space, I think a lot of people constantly like move to and from different groups and different collectives and that sort of thing. Yeah. Way that labels work in the music world was a bit of an inspiration for how we want to work as Fantasia Malware, which is that we, the three of us do projects together and publish them under the Fantasia Malware name, but we also do solo projects and publish them under that name as a label. And then we also try to, we put on these events and invite people whose work we really respect to kind of showcase that gets, that then gets kind of like associated with our name. So we, we were also a bit inspired by that model of like music labels mm -hmm. being these kind of um, nuclei around which little communities spiral. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've been really thinking about like how, how do you do the video game equivalent of having like an opening act, you know? Because that is like, it's a great way to like, you know, it's, it's a kind of like self-supporting system sometimes, you know, of like somebody, well, there needs to be a, a good way to get in the door. I also think the other cool thing about doing live events and like uh, it was also like in kind of games as performances, which is also kind of like music adjacent. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like you go to a show and you kind of watch, you know, what's the music, whatever. The other cool thing is it's like, I think there's a lot of people who are uh, interested in games, like aesthetically or kind of like curious about them, but they're not gamers. Yeah. And like we, like, I think like a, uh, we found ourselves with like a very like interesting audience because it's like uh, there's a lot of people out there who are into games and like into you know weirdos making games and independent stuff who just don't follow game stuff like so and yeah so so it's like it's I I think uh, showing games in different contexts means also that you have different types of audiences as well. Yeah, yeah, like working non-game events, I've really had to like. Have you ever had to explain to people who say, "Have you ever had the the curse, the the warning phrase of sorry, I'm not a gamer,' and you try to explain, but well, wait a minute, these are not games. How you think they're games? They are something yeah, different." Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, I feel like literally I'm in the collective, and I keep saying, that. <laughs> 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 "I'm like, wait, but I'm not even really a." <laughs> right no there's nothing healthy there's nothing healthier for the game development as a medium than people who aren't gamers but it's also one of the reasons we started doing more stuff in person as well is because i mean not the only reason but i think for me i was like yeah i'm making these games but i don't actually play games and so i would like people like me to see these things and yeah. i think the way we would see them is in an event where they can kind of, um, yeah, where they can kind of tune into a space for an, an evening and be really present, but not have this like 
all these kind of like humps to overcome because if you're not I guess like we kind of forget that if you're not a gamer you might not even have a computer that can play most of the stuff that's available yeah i i had uh i, I drug up an old laptop for the event from the event i was at last week and i realized that i mean it, it has vista on it and it can't run like any of the games i have it can run like i had to go with a browser-based game because it couldn't even like godot would in unity would just crash before even opening and i don't know what it was missing to do that and it's just like, uh, you know, who knows? You know, they still sell, people still have VHSs. Yeah, not to mention all the lost souls who have Mac computers. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Which is like most of the art world. Yes. Right. That is a, it's a weird uh, kind of like, it just kind of happened naturally. Was it like a, was there like good software for art on Mac? So that's just how it happened? Millennials for kids marketed as like the creative computer. Yeah. Which is right. funny because, like, nowadays they're really actually not, junk. yeah, like, not not actually good for that, but still so many people are kind of stuck in that mindset. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to have a Apple hater segment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, Let's go deep. <laughs> I, I recently lost my phone, my phone got stolen. And a friend uh, very nicely gave me her old phone, which is an iPhone. It's like I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I had an iPod, a nice big iPod. It worked great, played music. It oh, iPod to... was sick. Yeah, I have an yeah. iPod. That was... I needed to replace the audio jack. Uh, like, that's all it was broken. You just needed a three, you know, a 35 millimeter audio jack, which was like $2 to buy. <laughs> Um, and I took it to the Apple store. I was like, can you open my iPod so you can just replace the jack? And like, sorry, we don't do that. You just have to buy a new one. And I'm like, I know what the problem is. That's thinking different. And I just can't like open it. Like I have no tools and I trust someone to do that without, uh, I'm also, it's also way cheaper to not buy Apple products. <laughs> it's so much yeah, cheaper. That's, that's the real crunching point. I think. It, I mean, it's such an absurd branding that they have because it's like <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where we all feel like because yeah. yeah. it's like because it's like the branding is like we are the premium like brand but we make stuff that is the most disposable of everybody like it's like yeah. yeah right it's like i can't just crack open i you know i have a pc i put this on and i i can look inside of it like i have a, it has a clear side and if I want to replace something, I can unscrew it and just put in a new card, and then I have a new card, and my I can game better, like a true gamer. Uh, play these all these intense art games that I get for Indie Apocalypse with extreme uh, graphic settings. But, but, but did you see the um, the Apple VR thing with the eyes? No, I. I have I do not I do not watch any tech keynotes in my life. <laughs> I have no interest in them. You should keep it that way. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of amazing at how ridiculous it is. It's like because uh, it's like it's like this. Um, I mean, just just like what it looks like. Because right. it? it's like it's this VR goggles. And Apple's doing VR goggles, but they have like a screen on the front. Okay. So when you're like when you're like using it or something. And then someone wants to come up to you and then talk to you. It'll like show your eyes, but they're like <laughs> okay, they're, yes, they're... <laughs> I did see this. Sorry, I saw pictures of this. I did. Yeah, yeah, it like looks so funny. 
because I saw that and I saw like it had like an AR of a, some guy looking at pictures of his family, and so I saw someone made a a, a funny X. You call them now? They call them po- that's actually the one good thing about X dot com is that they now call them posted reposts, and that is I think my approved version of all. I never want to tweet. I never want to skeet. I never want to coast. I just, I literally want to post and repost, and that's it. X. You just want to X. I want to reply to things. I want to repost things. I want to like them, maybe favorite them, but cute names make me hate every social media website. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm a curmudgeon in that way, and I'll gladly take that mantle. But uh, yes. Uh, We're so, united by our curmudgeonliness. <laughs> But that said, uh, we have I have some questions as we're as we're winding towards the end of uh, this segment here. But I uh, two important kind of like mainstay questions uh, for Indie Apocalypse Radio from uh, starting from Soul. Uh, important question: there. What is your favorite uh, type of rock? Also, the music. You mean. <laughs> it's uh, th- that is that is, that in itself is a determinant of how someone answers the question. You know. It is uh, part of the question. Dealer's choice. When I was a, when I was in school, I had a pet rock, uh, and that's that's my favorite type of rock. Pet rock. Yeah. What was the name? Of the like a neo pet got a rock. Yeah, I think it was like redder or something. <laughs> redder than rock. And I drew I drew a face on it, and all my other friends had a pet rocks. Also, oh, we, oh. we weren't six; we were like thirteen. <laughs> 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 I, 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 so you're a cool kid. Yes. Listen, that is that's a bombshell. But the more important bombshell is, it didn't even come with a face on. You had to make your own face. Yeah, yeah, yeah I drew with a lead pencil. Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh. and, and he had like a ballpoint pen, which was his like bazooka. <laughs> So I guess Fredo is our favorite rock. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, the follow-up question: uh, Do you have a favorite Toho character? Toho's like um, it's like that like shoot 'em up which game? Where yes. It's like, uh, I I mean I don't think any I mean I I I'm the only one who even knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could tell by the deafening silence. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Is that like a? There's these Toho songs that are really good, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I played one in the in the preamble. I'm a big fan of. Uh, it, it's got good. Toho is very cool. It's kind of like a guy who made a, some bullet hells, but then you can kind of do whatever you want with the characters. If you want to make, if Fantasia Bauer wanted to make a Toho game, you could do it pretty easily, like officially. Uh, but, but like, um, do you know there was this like ancient meme video? called like ran ran Roo, and it was like this mcdonald's like ronald mcdonald and i think it was like a youtube remix of a toho song I, um, that sounds very likely uh because it like it's been around since like something like that that's um, that does sound like that does sound like an approximation of a toho song <laughs> And yeah, sounds so, like something I would have seen, like, 
uh, a YouTube, that are kind of early meme YouTube uh, style of, you know. Anyway, we've been it's been around for 2000, 1997. It's been around a while, but uh, oh. it's it's a cool. I like to think about the Dojin scene every now and then. It's a cool like little uh, appro- like a, like an approach to kind of indie art and game development in general. Uh, you know the, the, the like uh, dojin it's you know the the, the japanese uh, I, approximation for like independent or hobbyist i don't, I don't know the exact uh, translation of it what it would exactly translate to but it's somewhere between like hobbyist sort of indie stuff uh it's cool but that's that, so like when people say like a dojin manga is that what they they're like a hobbyist manga artist or something is that yes what yeah, yeah, it's like like a independent like hobbyist stuff. I see. Okay. Uh, I think I think if you search it, sometimes it has a certain uh, connotation <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. in in English language Google. <laughs> um, but broadly, I think that's one of those uh, kind of like English bastardization kind of things. Where, like, you know, I, I get that happens in a lot of languages, I imagine, where they uh, bar a loan word just becomes a comes to mean a very specific thing instead of what it means in its original language. But uh, that all said, uh, uh, Gabriel, Jira, Chloe, thank you all for being here. Uh, we're going to go on a break soon. And when I say soon, I mean in a moment. Uh, uh, hope you can stick around later. I'm, I'm buying time while I find Fubar. There it is. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in the zine. Uh, Thank you. I, I will, I, we will see everyone in the other half of the other side of 2 minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, goodbye for now. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Husker Du with Masochism World. Uh, we are here with our next guest, who you may know from. Oh no, I think it's forty-two, right? Yeah, no, forty-one. I was close. I'm getting better at it. Uh, I need to like now. Now that I have so many of them, I need like a um, like a, like a like a multiple month period of just like hammering in which game is in which number. Uh, now that I have 43 of them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, with, with the game was where it's Rod Fire Productions. Hello, how are you doing today? Hello. Surprisingly, I'm not tired today. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I, I am up and ready to go. This is, is not, this is not a situation where it's like midnight for you, right? <laughs> I run into this. No, things. it's like 11 something. Okay, yes. You're not too far off. Where uh, it's it's like a nice noon time for me, noon and a half, as they say. Um, yeah, uh, I tr- I have to organize. I theoretically have to at some point organize somebody uh, a show for like uh, a, a recording for people in uh, different parts of the U.S., Europe, and uh, East Asia. And I'm trying to like, what is the perfect time to do that? And there's like one hour or something in the that kind of functionally works for everybody, but some people have to get up early and some people have to get up late. Uh, but no, I enjoy a sleepy weekend. 
I don't think there really is a perfect time. It's just one of those someone has to suffer. Yes, right. And it's, one of them, those people is going to be me because I have to like do it at like seven in the morning <laughs> on a weekend. And I was like, ah, I got up at uh, 10 o'clock today, I think. So I don't want to get up in the weekends. I work all week. Weekends are for sleeping. Uh, speaking of, no. Uh, how did you hear about Indiepocalypse? There's no transition for that. I don't have one. I'm not really sure. I feel like just over a while, I've just heard the name. I maybe have seen the jams. Yeah. I just kind of just saw it around. Didn't really think too much of it. Right, right. That's kind of... Uh, it's it's weird in doing this so long. I, it's it's weird for it to become sort of like background noise of uh, indie gaming in a way. When it kind of is, if it's around long enough, it's you know it gets in the featured usually like uh, once every three or four issues they'll put it on that featured front page. I don't know how it sh- how often it shows up in the jams. Uh, well. I found the reason I even joined 41, I think it was, was because I saw it in the jams. And I was like, eh, might as well. Right. I probably won't get in anyways. And then I got in. That that is my, that's my, the goal I hope for is people go, "Eh, I might as well try. It takes me two seconds to submit. It couldn't hurt. Yeah, basically. No, and I'm glad when people do, because like, it's a, it's a, it's I think I guess the, the best way to do it is to tell me a little bit about uh, was where, or talk a little bit about was where where I not uh, to to the listeners that are not people who you know, uh, assuming that I did not pl- actively played through it all as part of curation process. <laughs> uh well, was where is an an interactive fiction that I wrote for the trans fucking rage jam because I figured why not right. <laughs> Yeah, that's listen. The, the, oh, hosted by a a, a indie apocalypse alum as well, uh, Stargate Sasha. From all the way back, mm-hmm. oh my God, issue twenty two, <laughs> my God. But yeah, that's also a perfect reason uh, to make a game. You know, is why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, and so far I've joined all the jams that starts. That's one of. Her trans jams. Yeah. So far, I've joined all of them. Just because, why not? This seems fun. It forces me to do something, to actually write stuff. Yeah, right. And it's like, I, I think it's, it's very easy to get caught up. Um, like, if you're just, like, on hashtag indie dev, it's, it's it, you know, it highlights a very specific type of game, you know. And if you are like, if you, if that's all you're looking at, you can kind of get trapped into thinking like, oh, well, I'll never finish a game because it has to be a proper uh, hashtag video game. Well, the thing is, it's not that I don't finish games. It's right. that most of the games I, I finish are games that aren't mine. Oh, okay. Because most of the time I end up programming on visual novels. Yeah. So oftentimes I'm not making my own games. Right, and that's like a whole, like... And that is like a, one of those we were talking about sort of in the uh, the previous segment. That's kind of a benefit of uh, the indie space of like sometimes you make you can make your own game. Sometimes you can program for just other like you have a, a steady group that you would join as a programmer. And you just kind of, hey, here's a jam. I know how to program things. I'm going to program. It's kind of a mix. It's 
for some of my things, it's like, oh, yeah, I can just program for this. Why not? See if anyone wants a programmer. And yeah. for other things, it's like a specific person I've worked with multiple times is like, hey, I need a programmer. Would you like to program? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. That so is- that's where my first projects came from, was just them continually hiring me. Well, I say hire, but it was all yes. for free because there were game jams. Right. So I didn't get paid, but, you know. Right. It, it's collaboration, <laughs> we'll call it. Uh, but yeah, so so what encouraged you to be like, okay, I want to just like make one of my own games. Like, I want to sit down and just make a game of my own, through and through. I honestly don't remember my original inspiration. I just generally enjoy making things. Like right. my passion isn't games; my passion is making things. So I make a lot of things, not just games. Like heck, before you. Before this call started, I was working on a website. Right. So, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, just... I, I have a, a table in my corner that once it gets empty out of books, I'm like, it's dangerous because like, I could build models on this thing now. Uh, and I have shelf space to put them on now. And it's, yeah, I think there is a, um, what's it called? Part of how I describe game sometimes at events to people who say that they're not a gamer and i try to describe indie apocalypse to them i go well it's just art that happens to be in the shape of a game and i think that might be in the same way that you like oh i just want to create something and sometimes the thing i want to create happens to be a game mm-hmm. art was my original passion and it still always will be my yeah. passion anything related to art i'm usually somewhat interested in if yeah. not having dabbled in it myself, I dabble in a lot of things, maybe too many things. Yeah, you could never listen. Life's too short to not dabble in things, you know? Uh, I'd rather have a, a mixture of 8 million experiences than be very than a, be a prodigy at one. Yeah, I agree, but sometimes my brain just wants to jump to a project before finishing the other project. Oh, yes, and right. now I have multiple unfinished projects. Yeah, that's that is a, a, a problem in and of itself. My and I, I, I game jams. Then that is where game jams are handy because it's like you gotta get it done by this. So, yeah, if there's a hard deadline, I can usually finish it. If there's not a hard deadline, then it just goes into the ether. Yes. It'll eventually come back in like a year. Right. There's nothing. The, the secret sauce of any apocalypse is that I gave myself a deadline. Is <laughs> this, this, it keeps coming out because it has to come out because I, I decided one time at some point in time, it comes out the first Friday of the month and that just keeps it coming out. And now there's an expectation, expectation from the people who follow. Yeah, right. right. That yeah, now they have there's like a Patreon, so like theoretically there are people who would be like, "Where's my thing on my first Friday? I'm paying for these things." Yeah, it's, but I think for hopefully I think kind of like with game jams, I think there's like a a, a casual understanding of like not like the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for like fans, you know, uh, I think fans can get annoying. Um, or in t- that kind of like fan fan fandom is the word I was looking for. Fandom can get annoying, and I think, fortunately, I don't have that. Uh, yeah, also. fandom is really cool at times, but other times it's really, it's really not that great. Right. I think I, I imagine, as, especially you are the um, uh, 
the subject of the fandom <laughs> and you're like i just want to take a break honestly uh, one of my biggest fears is one that that no one will like my stuff to where no one will even care to be fans right and make a fandom and two that my fandom is horrible yes right right uh, i see uh, occasionally i'll see people be like sorry for not posting lately and i was like what you can just like relax <laughs> but there is like uh the the kind of like ownership that people would take over but mm-hmm. uh Good for, luckily for me time doesn't exist so if you haven't posted in months i won't notice yeah exactly perfect and the you know and, and the the stratification of uh social media just makes it all so much easier because it'd be like oh no i posted on a different site wink I miss this one or people aren't checking things as um uh obsessively but it's it's exciting. I love to uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? See people's art. Oh, you got a little like Sorry, I'm looking at your page and I like your little uh uh this little like little gif down there at the bottom here. Uh just genocide artist art art thing. It's a very good little, a good little gif at the bottom of you. Good, good web pages. I can see why you would make a web page. I like this web page. Oh, are you talking about my website? Yes, your website. Oh, the little gif is like a button that's often seen on smaller websites. Like, you know, yeah. NeoCities or GeoCities. Yeah, I, I, I am old, uh, relatively speaking. Um, so I'm like, yes, this, they used to have these on websites all the time. When that was just what websites looked like. Well, they still have those communities still exist. I'm part of them. Yes, I I love I love (laughs) this kind of like callback. This like this movement back to like Web 1.0 sort of stuff. Uh, And like personal websites. It is very. I was talking. I've talked to. uh, I was talking to a regular uh, friend of the show, and we talk a lot about this sort of like people. It's cool when people have their own sites. You know. That are like their own spaces online. And you can just like have all of your own stuff there. Because mm-hmm. it'll, it'll always look better than like what you can do on something like Twitter or even Itch. And also if those things disappear, you still got your website. I love, I just love smaller websites. Yeah. To the point where I'm not even active on any of my social media other than just scrolling through it. Right. The best way to see if I'm alive is straight up just to go to my GitHub and to see if I've been contributing anything. Because I can tell you I have been. Yeah, that is like... Because I, I, th- I think that's like a cool thing because that is like GitHub is like, yeah, well, I, I'm making something. Not like I'm posting about things that I'm making. It's kind of like a, a, a trail of the things that you're making. Honestly, I need to post about things I make because I never do. I don't know how to market. <laughs> no, I, I haven't figured it out either. So it feels <laughs> awkward even mentioning what I'm working on. Right, right. That's. I mean, part part of this is uh, the whole zine thing is like, I I am bad. I'm bad at doing that. I'm not a great person at, in that kind of like. I have no instinct to market. But I'm like, if I can muster up that instinct and do that, I can do that on behalf of other artists who I think are similarly like me who do not want to post updates and uh, markets and that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I feel like one of these days I'll just when I get bigger and actually make bigger projects, I'll just have to hire someone. Yes, <laughs> to do my social media because I can't do it. No, I, I've it, that is a thing beyond my budget. Is but I'm like, what if I could have someone to do that? That'd be a much better. They would do a much someone who would even log on to TikTok, which I refuse to do. Uh, uh, or especially like I could never market. I I don't like the 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 culture of how people market on there. There's something about it that drives me nuts. But. There, I bet there was someone else who would be really good at it. Could get this, get the word out to people, but that ain't me. My marketing skills is, hey, I just published this thing. Yes. Here it is, and then disappear. Yeah, no, it's it's a good. I, I, it's a bad strategy, but my aunties go, yeah, it's a good strategy. I love it. I approve of that strategy. Uh, my my marketing technique is increasingly go to art fairs. I feel like it works better than posting online. One of these days, I want to go to those, but it still requires money to travel. Yes, right. Like, if you don't live near one, like, it's, it's harder. And, like, right. If or, if or if you don't have, like, a means of, like, if you don't have, like, a car. And then you have, yeah. to, <laughs> we have to find another way. I, I am fortunate, unfortunate that I've always had to basically have one in order to, like, work a job at all. It's kind of like a necessity of my life, which is not fun because the you, I don't know if people know this, but cars are very expensive. <laughs> Even cheap ones are very expensive. And and the curse of cheap ones is they're actually more expensive than expensive ones because they're cheap and they always break. Unless you get a good cheaper car. Yes, yeah. If you if you I got like a super lucky at some point like my first car was like a two thousand dollar Volvo that like ran for that commuted me to college for like a very long time and it like just kind of worked <laughs> and it did not cost very much money and it was like very old though it had like a tape did I know I, I, I think I had to install a radio so they would have a tape deck in it. <laughs> I mean, my mother always buys like two to five thousand cars. Yeah, and they work well. Her first, the last one she had, was almost as old as me, and only went out like a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. If you get, if you get like a, if you find the right ones, you'll get and like it, a good one. I have this weird childhood memory of a car we had. I don't remember ever riding in, but it had a wasp nest in it. <laughs> Ew. Uh, that's all i i don't know why i thought of it when i was thinking of it like it very much was like an old uh, looking car and it, what a strange sense memory i had for a moment but yeah no that is uh an ideal way to get a car like listen having a weird backup camera is nice but also not having to pay a billion dollars for a car beautiful I love them when they're cheap and they work. Yes, yeah, it's it's just it's the same like philosophy with phones. I buy a phone once every basically once my phone literally breaks, uh I buy a new phone, then I buy go, What's your cheapest phone, please? And then I get oh, that. Yeah, my last phone was sixty dollars. It lasted me four years. It's I stopped using it because the screen started messing up and started freezing and such like, okay, get I guess I have to get a new phone. Which yeah, is seventy dollars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> roughly, like what my phones cost. I had to like I got a new phone literally because 
the OS was getting so bloated, I could not fit anything else on it. <laughs> like, my storage space was so, like, lim I had, like, 8 gigs or whatever of storage space, and the Android OS just kept getting updating. Like, every time there was a software update, I had to, like, balance. I had to get an SD card so I could put, like, most of the stuff on that. I just had to keep balancing apps mm. of, like... I had like six. <laughs> I was like, okay, do I need my uh, banking app so I can upload a check? Well, I guess I could uninstall it. Then when I need it, I can reinstall it and uninstall something else. Yeah, uh, that's pretty bad. My my last phone had 16 gigs, but even then, no matter what, it'd just be constantly filling up with space. I'd delete yeah. all my apps and it'd still be filling up with space. Like, man, this really sucks. Yeah, it's like there's there's... It's kind of like, you know, Vintage and Malware mentioned it earlier. It's like some people, like gaming kind of really overestimates how much stuff people have, like access to like PCs that can run like Unreal and Unity and stuff like that. And I think people kind of like underestimate like the, the, the benefit of making a game that can just like run on a phone or like on a very cheap laptop. One reason why I love just making web games or just RenPy games because yeah. you can run that those very easily. Right, right. There's export like, to Android. Yes, you can. Yeah, they're super like low, 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 like low taxing things, and like I think there's like I th I say this all the time. People within like the broader game dev scene, they just have too much money. <laughs> uh, so there's like this assumption of like how much. This this weird baseline assumption of just people. Of course, people can afford uh, huge PCs that run all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's like, no, they can't. They, what if, yeah. It, the, sorry. Go ahead. Like I, I feel that a lot. Like heck, I only just like a day or two ago switched out the RAM on my laptop to be able to have. 20 gigabytes it used to be eight right but like i'm a game development student we work on unreal mostly and looking at some of the stuff on there it's like wow this would never run on my computer yeah i the the fact that i can run like most modern games comes from knowing someone who upgraded and getting their hand-me-down video card <laughs> and, or stuff like unreal in just general yeah like have you seen meta humans for unreal no They're beautiful Basically, they're just like models that you can that you can make make humans with good looking oh, yes. humans. Like they're beautiful. They're so huge. They're so huge. Why is it like a gigabyte for one model on right. the low end? On the low end, because there is high quality, mid and low. Low quality. Why is it a hundred gigabyte? No, one gigabyte. Yeah, there's right. It's and uh, I, I on this show itself, I've there's a lost episode because I ran out of space while I was actively recording one of these shows, uh, oh, no. and then I, I, in my hurry to delete things, I accidentally deleted the active recording, and it was a whole thing. But yeah, there was like right, you know, people underestimate how much like, oh, of course, everyone just has a hundred gigs lying around for a game. They, they just have nothing else on their like computer, right? <laughs> I'm constantly running out of space on my computer. I had to get a external storage just to put games on because yes. they're so huge. No, I have an external storage primarily. I mean, just 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 Indie Apocalypse alone, I have to load 
I have all I keep loading the past issues onto an external drive because they would like drain all of my space. They would monopolize my entire hard drive. And I need like I, I need to have them all partially just archivally, but now to like since I have started doing like that tape thing, I need uh to be able to produce like a issue like in, on a USB stick on like at any point in time. So I need to have like uh, an external hard drive, which luckily are not too. In my mind, I'm like those things are so expensive, but they're only like hundred bucks. Only, only. But for terabytes, that feels very cheap, or multiple terabytes. In, in my heart, a hundred bucks for a terabyte hurts, but I did it anyways. Yes, now, I've. I, I'm better than I have been in the past, but I'm still like. Uh, it is impossible in my mind to imagine that somebody would spend more than a thousand dollars on a thing that is not like a car or a house. Yeah, I just realized that my external drive is more expensive than my phone, and that hurts as well. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 listen, game devs, you know they don't ha- they we're we're not all uh, people who are just like yeah. I, I'm going to fund my studio. Uh, that's kind of like, you know, the independent art space is like, I've been, I've been turning towards using the term no budget uh, to describe the level of indie space that I work with uh, more often. Yeah. I always hate it with the, when you see like guides or stuff saying, Oh yeah, this is what we, what you do. The, Make sure you get your budget. Budget. I'm like, what budget? Right. My, My budget, budget is if I have extra money at the side. Like, do I want to spend money on this or just do it myself? Yeah, my budget is uh, my bank account. <laughs> they are one and the same. Uh, it's 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 a uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the I've been talking about like the budgeted space of the and, and similar like instead of like indie versus whatever. It's like. Budget budgeted versus no budget is kind of a a term I've used occasionally trying to as you know as if any uh, what's the word any of these words have any meaning at all and they will not be eventually just co-opted by somebody. Oh, they definitely will be co-opted. Yeah, might I'll, not be today, might not be tomorrow, but they will be. Yeah, if if I took if the term no budget took off, people would be like, I'm a no budget indie dev. Me and my team are a no budget indie dev. I'm like, you cannot be a no budget indie dev with a funded team and contract works. That does that's not how not having a budget works. <laughs> anyway, uh, 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 before we go, two questions. You've had a little time to prepare. I have two important questions for you. Number one, uh, what's your favorite type of rock? See, here's the thing. Yes. I love rocks a lot, like to the point where outside, you know how some places outside their buildings have just like a little accessory of rocks? Yes. I like to steal those. Okay. I don't have a favorite. To me, I love all rocks in their own unique ways. I just like unique looking rocks. No, that's where I just need to steal them. That's that's a good answer. A couple of weeks ago, somebody weirdly matched my uh, type of rock, which is like the kind of rock you find around railroad tracks that you throw at things. (laughs) Um, I have stolen those as well. Those are uh, th- that kind of like platonic ideal idea of a rock. Uh, and do you have a favorite Toho character? I actually don't. I don't know a lot about Toho. All I know is Bad Apple. Okay. That's... All I know is Bad Apple and how often people make remakes of Bad Apple. It's a good song, though. Yeah, Bad Apple is a good song. It's a cool video. Uh, 
people it's it's the, the it's the race to what is on more what is on more available platforms is it bad apple or is it doom did somebody count i don't know but i think i'd say bad apple because you don't actually have to like it doesn't actually have to be able to run something right you just it, have to be able to show an image it doesn't require a, an input from you so you can put it on any anything that will play anything that is an image you can run bad apple on but it's heck cool. i saw some like I saw someone print out every frame and then do a stop motion with every frame, but they were moving the camera around the whole time and moving the frames around. It was very cool. Yeah, animation and I love kind of. I just love art. I just love art. <laughs> uh, Gotta love art. Uh, Rod Fire Productions. Thank you for joining me today. We're gonna go on a break. Uh, uh, we'll be back in like. Where is my little break thing? There you are. In like a two minutes and three thirty seconds. But until then, uh, thank you for joining me. BRB. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. Uh, that was your boyfriend sucks with I think it's like Diu X three. I don't I, I don't know the pronunciation of Diu, but I've played it a couple of times. That song just rules. I like sometimes if I'm backed against a corner and I'm like, what is the song to play? I'm like, I'm gonna go to an old standby of songs that I think rule. Uh, but uh, that said, we are here with our next guest from. Casting our, our uh, back to Indie Apocalypse issue number 25 uh, with Catches Abyss Tactics. Uh, it is Kiefer. Kiefer, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Oh, no, I did not transition to the right. There we go. Now we're not on the right stream thing. I forgot to click the chat three where you're kind of like, uh, you gave me a little uh, transparent image. So I made it, So you're kind of like leaning on your name. It's a little bit of fun. Oh, yeah. It's fancy, huh? Yeah, having a little bit of fun here on, on Twitch.tv. Uh, but I'm going to ask you to cast your ba- mind back uh, 28, no, 18, only 18 months, only 18, only over a year. Um, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> how did you hear about it? Do you remember how you heard about Indiepocalypse? I feel like I've always known about Indiepocalypse. I have no idea. <laughs> it's really just... It was there. I I don't remember ever submitting. It's you know. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Apparently, I did. Yeah, uh, you you did. Uh, Eighteen weeks ago, and I was like, "Look at this game. That's a cool game." Yeah, it was not not that I don't remember. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. The the anthology, or remember being a part of it. I just don't remember the submission process. I just remember it being like it was just there. Like it's like it's yeah. a natural part of life. Right, and your speaking of that, your game is also. I have my massive seven thousand game to playlist, uh, also in there as I as I see because I'm like I'm like I recognize this looks familiar, uh, but that is like speaking. But people who for people who do not find this game familiar, what is uh, catches uh, cat is I always I'm always bad at saying. Sometimes I'm killer at saying that name. Sometimes I'm very <laughs> bad at it. <laughs> It's a weird one. It's like Katya's Abyss. Yes. Katya is what I say. It's, it's all about like my confidence. If I lose confidence, I can't say it. 
Katya's Abyss Tactics. What is this thing? It is um, Minesweeper, yeah. but if Minesweeper was also a tactics game, which is kind of... I describe it like chess. Yeah. It's not really like chess, but it's units on a grid that you're moving... Turn-based units on a grid that you're moving around. and um, Like complicated chess, but you're right. also playing Minesweeper. Yeah, it's it's not uh, a, a Final Fantasy Tactics, the most complicated chess, you know? Yes. Yes, it's not... The tactics part of the game is intentionally pretty limited yeah. as to not be overwhelming right great because when you already have like uh this added like minesweeper element to it like you know i i'm a fan of intense systems on top of games that are complicated and sometimes uh too complicated for me i'm like thank you i'll take my leave here <laughs> but yeah it just makes a learning curve that's too too tough to get into right but I, I similarly respect uh, a game that is just like full on. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just like you know, this is the thing that we want to make, and it will not be for everybody. I love art that's not for everybody. Yeah, it it really is. So the game came about because I I I woke up in a stupor in the middle of the night one time, and I was like. <laughs> I got a I got a game idea. Yeah, and I wrote it down in, in the notes app on my phone, and then went back to sleep. Um, and it was Minesweeper, but a tactics game. Um, and so I made that prototype, and I was like, "Oh, this is basically this is basically the whole thing. It just needs polish." Yeah. Um, and then I just continued working on it until it was a whole game. Um, and what's what I really like about it is that notes app that I wrote in a fever one night it really accurately describes the final <laughs> game um, yeah. and i think that's how i was able to reach that finish line is because i could see it um in a lot of other projects um i think every creator every creator i've ever talked to has the issue of like i just have so many projects and finishing them is so so hard and i yeah. think a big part of that is that being able to visualize what it actually is going to be at the end is so so hard yeah because you can be like oh especially if you're coming from like a a broad genre standpoint it's like i want to make a uh i want to make a metroidvania so someone might often say foolishly <laughs> like me yes as right, they currently as they add it to their pile of unfinished projects <laughs> uh yeah that is like what is a because uh, because that's the thing because you find yourself the question like oh I want to make this but then you like well what what is what constitutes a search action game like what is the finished yeah. version of this it's it's usually usually I find that when I'm like oh I want to make this game I have a vibe in mind yeah. and and that's good and I think that's important like you have to have a vibe in mind when you're creating something but it's really hard to transpose a vibe into a tangible thing right. Um, and that's that's where the struggle is. It's it's really hard. I think some people, some artists, are really really good at that, and that's it makes them very prolific. And um, I uh, envy those people a lot, though I'm sure they have struggles of their own. Yeah, right. I I, I doubt there's always. I think everyone has like different. You know, everyone's got their different strengths because I'm sure sometimes like those that kind of like vibe uh, based 
uh, that person who is very good at making their vibe would probably look at other people who can make like, man, I wish I could make games like that, but I, I my mind just does not wrap around that kind of like uh, design process, you know. Oh yeah, cyclical jealousy for sure. Right, everyone is just jealous of each other and their ability to like. I'm jealous of the ability to just make a game. <laughs> like what? Are yeah. Because uh, uh, no, I'm lying. I'm I'm gonna be. I I am making one soon. I'm excited to finally make a a, a, a interactive piece of art that is commonly referred to as a video game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like the. The process, because like, like, what was the extent of? Do you remember the extent of that notes app? Was it like here is the? Was it just? Was it beyond? Uh, what's the thing? Uh, be, was it something? Did you have notes beyond Minesweeper but tactics? That kind yeah, of, it was. It was pretty. Hold on, let me see if I yeah. can find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn-based resource collection strategy game using Minesweeper's mechanics as a base for progression. Okay. Setting is in a cave. The player is mining. The mines in the Minesweeper are volatile gas chambers. Mining into them causes an explosion that uh, kills the player units and destroys nearby tiles. And that was part of the idea is that in Minesweeper, if you've ever played Minesweeper, yeah. on your, uh, it come, came pre-installed on Windows for... Does it still? Hold on. Probably. Mines. Let me see. No, it doesn't. Okay, oh, well, okay. Windows, 10, Windows 10 is a yeah. travesty of an operating system because it doesn't have Minesweeper on it. Um, you, when you hit a mine, which you do all the time because nobody knows how to play Minesweeper, um, you, the game is over. It just ends. Yeah. And it's super frustrating, especially when you get you play Minesweeper obsessively like I did and was at that time. Um, and uh, there are situations where you have to guess. Yeah. It's where there is no... You have some information, but there is truly a 50-50 chance between things. You choose the wrong one, and then you lose the whole round that you're playing. It's super yeah. frustrating. And uh, <laughs> I was super frustrated by that. Right. So there, I made a game where, yeah, a single mistake doesn't end the game for you. It just sets you back a little bit. Yeah, and that, and that like, it structurally falls, like, it thematically, you know, feeds into, like, this kind of, like, uh, underground infested mining sort of scenario, too. So it, it all, it all loops. That is a... You had uh, your your uh, fever dream nighttime notes app. <laughs> you landed on something more thorough than some game jams I've seen uh, that I've been a part of. That more I mean, more thought out, like beginning, middle, and end. You know, I mean that is why I dedicated a year to this project. Yeah. I mean it. It it truly was that I can I I know what this game actually is. I've made the prototype, which is the game. I just need to do the finishing part, which is which was really hard for a lot of the reasons that are stupid, and I hate that it was hard for it's it, finishing stuff is so so hard for reasons that it shouldn't be, um, because the game was there for months and months, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I hate to use the word like market ready or, yeah. or commercially ready or anything, but it, it wasn't. It, it it was not something that, you know, I, I would, I would put up, um, for sale for a long time. Yeah, right. The, I mean, Indie Apocalypse itself is uh, born out of my anxiety of 
not wanting to make things that I that in my mind were market ready. I was like, I just didn't want to spend that much time on a thing, make or like make it that certain what I my impression of market ready length was. So, in the apocalypse, me brute forcing a different market into existence that hopefully <laughs> will someday be there for me. Uh, but that is like that is because what, what does that mean? And like uh, increasingly, if you're paying attention to uh you know even like two years this you know since the two years three years uh that you've made this game uh what 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 you would consider to be market ready has shifted so much i think or what, sure uh, market ready is yeah. is a is a weird concept that i think largely refers to um, weird details uh, adjacent to the game yeah. itself or the product itself, like um, uh, oh god, I mean, I'm struggling to articulate specifics, but um, you know, does it have Steam achievements? Is this right. weird? Like, I have there's so many comments on this game's Steam page that are like, "Oh, this is cool. Uh, I would consider getting it if it had Steam achievements in it." And I'm like, "What? What? Why? <laughs> Why yeah, does that, that have any bearing on whether you buy a game or not?" Um, that is, I I, not, I I say this as someone who has retro achievements uh, running on on the the uh, legally dumped emulators I use. Uh, that is a very weird thing. <laughs> it's, I, I don't have anything. I have no I, nothing yeah. against achievements, but it's no. it's it's a weird expectation to have right. from any game. They're a pain in the ass to implement. By the way, right? I can only if, imagine. If you ever find yourself thinking, "Oh, why why doesn't this game have Steam achievements? Every game has Steam achievements." It's because it sucks. Yeah, it's 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 to me. It always seems like a nice bonus more than like a necessity. It's not. It's never something that's driven me to like. Well, I'm not going to play this game because it doesn't have achievements. I can't get my achievos. <laughs> yeah. Because even with like the Steam ecosystem, like there aren't like point. Like, are there people who pay attention to those on Steam? I mean, no I guess idea. there must be. There must be. But like, uh, it's it's such a strange thing. I'm trying to look at my own Steam achievements. Where am I? My re- I'm looking. Oh, my recent activity is very. <laughs> I don't launch Steam apparently. Yeah. My recent my recent activity is playing the the demo of Ghost Pia, and then launching uh, what's it called? Uh, what the hell is that thing called? I actually do not have recent recently played. Um. Tyranno Builder, launching Tyranno Builder to fix someone's game or to port someone's game from Mac to Windows uh, for Indie Apocalypse. Oh, like uh, to to, to publish specific. to publish the Windows build because they couldn't they had trouble for whatever reason they couldn't publish a Windows build from their Mac or whatever. Um, I do have seven perfect games where I have all where I've got all the achievements in those, but. That's it. Anyway, achievements. Kiefer, what's your greatest achievement in gaming? Have you ever in, have you ever have you in, ever played a game specifically for uh, done a thing in a game spe- specifically for an achievement? Oh God, uh, I have I have no idea. <laughs> I don't I don't keep track of most of the things that I do in in games that I play. I kind of 
I, I, I have some some attention deficit thing going on that right. makes me <laughs> erase uh, erase things from my memory sometimes. I have no idea. So that would I mean that's that's the perfect answer. The answer is no. You don't have a, a, a at least at least if you did, it was not memorable. It was a, a passing experience of never you know doing some arbitrary there because it could be an interesting part I think of game design in a, like this kind of like meta level of game design themselves or kind of like as a way to like clue players in on certain uh, aspects of you know what a game can offer you know imagine coming to symphony of the night you know as as un- ignorant of what the game is and being like how do i get a, how do i get this 200 percent map unlock achievement huh there's only one map and I'm actually I had a weird thought where it's like, where did I learn that? Where did I learn that it had an inverted castle? I feel like it's one of those things that I've always known in my life. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I, well, that's an interesting thing about old games, I think, right. particularly, is that um, they have these secrets in them that pre-internet era um, were it just... You experienced them so much differently as a, as a player. Like uh, a friend and I were talking about... Um, Kirby's Dreamland 2. Yeah. It was the second Kirby game for the Game Boy. And uh, you play through the game. It's it's fun. It's great. And then you fight the final boss, who was the same final boss as the first game. It's King Dedede. He's a big... Uh, I don't even know what he is. It's like a penguin or something. I believe he's a penguin, um, yeah. Who's big and mean. And you fight him for some reason. It's not clear. It doesn't matter. I think um, he's taking a and lot then, of food or something. Seems like kind I, of vibe. In the first game, he's like stealing your food. Yeah, in the second game, they they're, they don't really describe they, they, what's going on. They just dislike each other at that point. Well, and and so what's unclear is is that you beat the game and you d- defeat the final boss, and then there's some credits that play, and it shows all the names of the characters, and then at the end it says the end question mark, <laughs> um, and it's like, what do you mean question mark? What is what do you mean the end? Uh, and turns out that if you do all these secret things in every single level of the game, um, then when you beat the final boss, you unlock a second, much harder boss fight. Um, and nothing, there's no dialogue in this game. I don't think there's any text in the whole game except right. like level names. Um, and it's just so bizarre, like pre, pre-internet, pre-anything, ha- you just found that out by bashing your head against something right f- until you discovered something new yeah there was a a time where i got very good at like i could with in with some regularity uh complete the legend of zelda very quickly like in a single or a link to the past that is in like and then this speaks to like a different era of time where like i could it was a thing like I could beat this thing through through in a day, but like, how did I find all these secrets? You know, I just kind of poked around forever. Yeah, and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm- it was. I-, I remember someone talking about the original Mario game and being yeah. like, it, returning to the original Mario game and being like, oh, I remember playing Mario when I was a kid. I loved that game and playing it and being like, this is so hard. I, I remember beating this game as a small child yeah how did i do that was i that good at video games no children are terrible at video games it's just the is the like repeated efforts the bashing your head against that wall yeah um 
that I, I feel like is 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 sort of missing um, from from a lot of modern gaming. Yeah, I would say that's that's a really important aspect of indie games. I think yeah. that's something that like you know there is no wiki for somebody's um, no budget art game. Yeah, there's. Uh, I had a I had a weird thought to enter my brain like a year or so ago, maybe more. Is like modern games really want you to beat them. Uh, they want you to complete them. Whereas, they want you to play them multiple times. Right, right. And there's like so it's it's hard to lose them if that makes sense. It's hard to not complete them and like it's or it's harder to because there's it's a different a design philosophy, you know. Uh, the, there isn't like I we gotta make we gotta we're selling this game for fifty dollars. We want to make sure that what is ultimately like a twenty minute experience lasts a very long time. Yeah, yeah, you have to farm a certain number of hours out of your players, and Just, and it's to the to the detriment of a lot of games, um, yeah. especially the AAA ones. I would say where there's the, um, where you have everyone complaining about like. Well, the game is cool, but it has this like you have to grind to do something that's unrelated from the normal gameplay just to like pad hours and like fill expectations of people that are right. like, oh, it should have RPG elements in the game, whatever that means. Yes, it means you have numbers that go up. Yeah. Uh, like arbitrarily. Uh, right. It's uh, RP- as someone who is a big fan of RPGs. Get to those RP. I don't want our. It's like I don't want chocolate in on my in like the middle of my tacos, you know. Yeah, and and there are. I mean, I like RPGs as as well, and I think there's are certain games where yeah, you play them for fifty hours or a hundred hours, like yeah. that's how the game goes. But not every game should be that. Right. Um, I was gonna say not every game needs to be that, but I think not every game should be that for sure. There, we need shorter games in addition to those epics, um, because who has time for a hundred-hour game yeah. every time they play a video game? And a lot of times, I I feel like they don't like really justify their hundred hours. You know, no, because the game wasn't designed for that. You know, it's not. They're trying to f- force that much game into it. Yeah, it's that kind of like weird. I think I sometimes run into that with games that are just like eight hours long. You know, <laughs> it feels like because well, oh, eight hours is a long time, right? I was like, oh, this this kind of like doesn't need to be as long as like there is like oh no, it's, this is this long because games are supposed to be this long. You know, this kind of impression of how long a video game is supposed to be. But I've been like I've been cruising through games pretty regularly, and I like how like. I've been I've been going through like the FromSoft back catalog uh, for these past few months, and I don't know if I've hit one of those that's over ten hours. And those are like all RPGs, you know. And a lot most of them are open world. Some of them are open world. A lot of them are role playing games, you know, or action role playing games. But they're still like short, exper- short, tight little experiences, you know. Yeah, I think games are naturally longer than movies for right. for instance cuz i think that's a that's an easy comparison you know when yeah. people talking about playtime uh, uh versus like price point and stuff like that um and a movie is usually around like 90 minutes to 2 hours um which is i think you would expect a game to be longer than that not because there's more 
stuff in it, but I think the reason games play longer is that you control the pace of it most of the time, and you can um, sit still for 30 minutes staring at a wall if you want, and there's nothing stopping you from doing that, and often you will. Yeah. Uh, if, while <laughs> playing a game, you know, you will you'll either like have to redo a fight or you'll stop and like reread dialogue because you're in- invested or um uh, spacing out or whatever. Um and so I think games will naturally play longer, but um this expectation that they they need to have 50 hours of content. Right. Is it different? Is not that. Yeah. You right. know, that's no, so, uh, listen, so, listen. if you're the right kind of person, you'll spend hundreds of hours with Bubsy 3D, you know? Uh, yeah. But there is... Uh, right, I've been thinking more of games as, like, equivalent to, like, a TV series, you know? And that, like, I mean, like, I wonder if games should be... If people are... If our people are borrowing from other medium, um, I would like it makes more sense to like borrow from like television, you know, where it's like you could find these like clean hour long little bites of a 50 hour game, much like I'd watch like one episode of a mm. six season TV show. Mm-hmm. That's that's funny you mentioned that because um, so I'm I'm working on a a new game right yeah. now, um, which uh, is very expensive. And the weird thing thing about games being expensive to develop is that you're like oh is it expensive because of all the production costs and no it's expensive because i need to um pay my rent yeah so um that's the only expense uh but anyway uh we we have been talking about um making this game work and keeping ourselves afloat while making this game and various budgeting options um and aside from investors, which is a very official and high stakes version right. of budgeting a game, um, you have things like Kickstarter and uh, other crowdsourcing and Patreon and whatnot. And um, when we were talking about those, the, the difference between getting an investor versus getting a Kickstarter, um, the Kickstarter campaigns usually are like $20,000 is like a pretty big amount of money. You yeah. think 20, 000, 20K is like... That's a lot of money. And when you see a Kickstarter that's looking for $20,000, that's huge. And you think, wow, if they get that money, then then this game is going to be great. Um, But if it takes you two years to develop a game, um, $20,000 is below minimum wage if you have a single person working on the game. (laughs) Yeah. And putting that into context is very strange. Um, Sorry, not below minimum, below the poverty line. Right, Um, yes. It's well below minimum. If you have one person working on the game and we have two so that's and there's the third one so that um i guess that i mean that's kind of how uh, uh toby fox uh delta rune yeah is releasing that game was started releasing it in chapters um and it's cool it it lets you follow it as a fan um you play a chunk of it it is kind of like tv where you're yeah. like Getting the next episode and experiencing that, and then being like, "Ah, oh, I can't wait for the next one to come out." Um, I, I do like. I think I've been thinking similarly. Like people, like, well, why don't game developers make a bunch of like? If you want to make a bunch of little games, do it like you would an author and make like a like a short like you know the equivalent of a short story collection. You know, uh, as like you know, hey, I need to also make money. <laughs> 
it's like you know short story collections are like a, an often way of like well if you put made a bunch of short stories you put them to different anthologies you publish them over the years on different sites and then you collect them all but that's like not a thing really in game development similarly you know to how uh, right episodic games are less common as well uh but speaking of uh toby fox uh what's your do you have a favorite toho character Kiefer? no i i uh <laughs> barely know what it is i've made a game that's um i think a, i think a toho game i didn't know i programmed it uh i don't know i've never played a toho what, game what game was but, it uh, it's called Digital Soul Data. It was for oh, a game okay. jam. Oh no, that, that's, um, that's that's bullet hell inspired, but I do not believe it is. Also, an indie apocalypse, not a Toho game. No, yeah, I I, I don't even know. So I, yeah. I just don't even have enough information to answer the question. So the the answer is that's why it's important to think of a no. A fun thing, a friend of the show uh, in the zine, Bianca Damar, had made a top ten for. Uh, uh, that game and i was like how do you beat this game it's really long and i was like what do you mean is it like 10 minutes long <laughs> and it's like is that that is like the fun gulf of like listen maybe i'm a hardcore gamer i don't know mm-hmm. but i'm like was it i mean it's very generous for a bullet hell like but they're and they're 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 timed yeah i mean it, bullet hell specifically are like you can't take longer on a certain level unless you die and have to restart it right but it was like, so it was more case like it'll how take I, you it's, I've been, she was chipping away at the game for like hours and I was like, right. Gamers. And I also, but I also yeah. love, uh, I love the genre. Uh, so. Oh, it's fair. I mean, I never beat the game that yeah. we made and I, and I programmed <laughs> it. So uh, I couldn't beat that boss fight. I, oh, I, yeah. I, it was the end of the game jam. And I was like, you know what? I can't do it, but I'm sure it's possible. Somebody else. <laughs> it is. It is. It, I will say, com- it's, I will say comfortably it's possible. Um, but and follow-up question: uh, What is your favorite type of rock? If we're talking geology, we're talking whatever you I, want to talk. I think, I think malachite. Okay. Remember, big fan, big fan of, big fan of a polished malachite. If we're talking music, yes, punk rock. Okay. Well, listen. Kiefer, you you're you're in luck because this one this thing has been thirty three percent or sixty six percent punk rock or no I don't know punk rock adjacent. Let's well if we can discuss this later after the break. Kiefer, thank you for being here. Uh, we'll discuss. Thanks for having me. We'll, we'll discuss the intricacies of genres and subgenres of punk rock maybe uh, after we come back from a break of about a minute and thirty five seconds. Uh, we are back. Hello and welcome back to Indiepocalypse Radio. That was uh, Minutemen with There Ain't Shit on TV Tonight. Uh, that was my thing of like Minutemen, Double Nickels on a Dime. That's a punk album, ostensibly. Um, but it's also like, same with I was uh, the aforementioned Husker Du. Husker Du is also, I guess, ostensibly punk rock, but they're, are they post-punk? Are they like... Who knows? Who knows? I love subgenres in, within music because they kind of go all over the place. 
I didn't realize it's because of the thing I never thought about. Man, could you imagine Zen Arcade and Double Nickels on Dime coming out in the same year? What a what a year to live. Uh, anyway, we're back with this is the whole crew. This is the whole crew sesh. Hello, welcome, whole crew. Hello. Hey. Howdy. Um, what it? I don't know if you have anyone has an answer. What is your favorite specific hyper specific niche? Uh, genre of like hyper specific genre of music uh, kind of like in a, or what like not not your broad rock rock rap punk folk etc but like on here they have post hardcore for Zen Arcade it is a genre I'd say smaller music artists that you can tell don't sing on key or properly but you just like them anyways yes I, I don't know what the I know what you're saying. I don't know if that there is probably a name for that, but I don't know what it is. Well, they often like have different genres as, yeah. as well within their music, so it's like I don't know what to call them. Right, right. But there's probably like a also a word for that specific type of like singing because you know there's 80 million like subgenres within, especially on Bandcamp where people just kind of make up their own stuff. Yeah, I I never know when people ask what kind of music you like. I just say everything. Yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, if you are an avid uh, indie apocalypse radio listener, that is, I try to do. A little, I mean, obviously, it leans towards certain things because uh, punk songs are short, so they're good for breaks. And uh, weird jazz inspired things are longer, so they're good for the preamble. But yeah, I just kind of love stuff. I I uh, go to Bandcamp. I pretty much just like try to listen to everything they put up there on their daily, and it leads you to learning that you can just like like a lot of different stuff. Spend a lot of time on SoundCloud and stuff, finding lead music. I would say it's almost like a hobby for me. Right, right, because you can just like people are like. Somebody made an album while we were recording this. <laughs> while we were recording this, you know, or and it was me. Yeah, right. People are making music mm-hmm. constantly. Oh my god, there's. Sorry, I got distracted for a moment. Um, there was, I was on YouTube and they're playing. Everybody comes to everybody comes to Hanks. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other thing. And, but. Uh, Music, yeah. No, you're joke keeper, but do you make music at all, or uh, is anyone else oh, like yeah. how yeah. multidisciplinary? This is, and you know, Rodfire, you're talking about uh, making websites in general art. Like, I assume this is a very multidisciplinary uh, gang of people. I have attempted music. Yeah, I was not very good. I need to actually look up how people properly write just melodies and such before i go back at it yeah yeah i have a i have a keyboard sitting uh in the corner of my this room aspirationally yeah it's tough music is really hard but i was like my my theory is like if if i learn like the keyboard if i just like kind of learn the core of it you know if i can just because i feel like that kind of like teaches you all the stuff and then you can apply that to other instruments there's and learning the piano is good in the realm of digital music as well because right. uh, if you learn the piano roll, 
then you can just do everything with MIDI. There's so many ways to make music. You also don't even know, you don't need to play anything to make music. I mean, sampling is such an insane and awesome system. Yeah, there's, you know, I, I mean, I listen to a ton. I've, I've, I listen to like, you know, plenty of ambient track and field recordings too, which are their own a whole other like style of music, you know. I mean, the ambient and field recordings are them. They themselves two entirely different genres of music. They just yeah overlap in some spots, you know. But like you know, field field recordings is pl- without even playing an instrument and trying to discover like what is uh, finding music in in just like life out in the wild, right? Uh, it's a cool thing. Uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, and that's also the, one of the things I really do like about Bandcamp is that they will have like top ten, you know, field. Here's a here's a list of ten top field recording albums or whatever, you know. Like they are very they're very encouraging of the very not radio friendly uh, side of Bandcamp, which I think. Can you hear me? Sorry. Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Hello. Uh, uh, actually, uh, bringing up Bandcamp is actually something. Um, Bandcamp, uh, like, uh, was a subsidiary of Epic Games. Now, yes. I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, uh, Bandcamp, I think. Uh, I don't know if they're presently doing this, but they used to have like the, the, these journalists who would kind of like write up all these round roundups, and I feel like they were kind of really. They have this kind of culture of engaging with the creators on their platform and i really would like to see that from itch yeah like 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 i feel like itch could totally do that and it would actually be really cool if they did yeah to give some kind of i guess like some editorial context and i mean i of course the beautiful thing about itch is anyone and everyone can post something which is the same with bandcamp but it does really help with bandcamp to have this like yeah, this contextualizing also of the cultural or subcultural history that music is coming out of, and I think that like games could really benefit from that. Yeah, but, but like, um, but, but, but like, like, uh, you also it's a way to kind of bring new life to overlooked or like interesting projects that aren't like new anymore. Like, um, you know, like, like, uh, you know, here's uh, a bunch of games which have some kind of like through line and they're all like yeah. you know i recommend them as a journalist and then he like you know and they're not like like latest release like you know like you get your 48 hours on the front page and then you're kind of gone forever right and there's right there's all sorts of you know like navigator is their thing that is like that is like literally that's what you're describing uh uh that's their like official name for what i they call it. It's like, hey, let's go through this stylistic path, you know, of these different albums. And I think a lot of that is just like uh, Bandcamp, even before Epic bought them, had probably more money and more staff than Itch does. That's uh, like, I'm sure, I'm sure, given the same resources, Itch would do something similar. I'm. That's what I, I'm. That's what I always assumed. That Itch is like, it's 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 a blessing that it exists at all in a lot of ways. But. There is, like, it is something that I think about, like, wow, would it be cool if there was, like, you know, uh, like, you would get, like, 
uh, hey, hey, here's like 15, here's the Chilean uh, shoegaze scene, you know. Oh. But it said like, yeah, here's itch, itch being like, okay, here are like, here's here's a collection of like, oh, here's a lot of platformers being made in Eastern Europe. Uh, that kind Ch- of. Chilean, Chilean uh, fairy hentai dating games. Yeah, exactly. Like, because I there are like local scenes all over the world, like making these sorts of like it's not like people in isolation making a game all the time. But I think or that, or collections that are games made in isolation of one another that are deeply connected. Right. By yeah, yeah, some yeah, coincidence. That's like the that's the dominant <laughs> mood. <laughs> I yeah I've been I've I've myself have been trying to do that uh, through like. Just within my narrow realm of like uh, indie apocalypse, because I'm like, there's a lot of games in this thing. <laughs> How do you navigate it? So I've been trying to do uh, basically rip off what like like what is how does Bandcamp handle their problem with two inch music? And I do like the last one I did, I did uh, you know games that were still exclusive, and I've done games from I, what do I have? I have games from South America. I have. Uh, Games that were in the IGF Nouveau, those sorts of things. I I do like uh, I make like double features is what I call them. Of like two games that are vaguely related, you know, but uh, I don't publish them on itch necessarily. I guess I could. I guess it couldn't hurt to publish them on itch. You but, release them? Yeah, I I, ha- I do I do have the write ups. If you people are looking there out in the digital space if you go to indiepocalypse.com slash features or it might just be pizzaprings.com slash features i don't know if i did the indiepocalypse redirect i have six of them up right now of just like hey these are games that are related uh try and check them out to play them together uh trying to contextualize these different games uh but yeah there is a i mean that's my, been kind of like my long-standing uh, uh, issue seems so dramatic, <laughs> um, but we love drama. <laughs> uh, but you know, when the, on the itch's rare blog posts are usually uh, five game developers that you know. You know, sure. it's like, hey, look from the from the itchio blog, it is. Uh, you know, usually is is very usually games. Sometimes games that are published. This was actually not not as bad. Actually, their last one uh, was a bit better. Games of the week, but then you know it's like whatever. Uh, people you know, uh, uh, or sometimes it's published stuff. I think like Tunic was on there once, and it's like. It's indie, but only in the sense that it's not high budget right. AAA studio. I I don't know. I would call four million dollars a high budget. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, Didn't know that. There, I I pick on Tunic a lot just because there's like I think is it a IGN or Polygon article? There's like a there's some article talking with someone from uh, Finji, and there's like a pull quote of like you can't make a game for less than four million dollars nowadays, which which, which in, in a certain sense, I know what they're 
it, like I, yeah. I now understand the context of that. Like looking at the budget for just a two person's two person team for two years is like if you're trying to like ju- just to get by. I mean, like right. the costs on things are just paying people, right? And if you have a team of like two dozen people yeah. on a game and you're developing it for two years, I mean that stacks up really fast. If you're trying to pay those people, not just yeah. like minimum wage, but decent uh, salaries, right? right. I I. I work in an office and I work in payroll stuff. I see how much it, how much money it costs to pay people every week, you know, and it's it's, lot, it's insane. It's a lot of money, and so and as someone who gets that pay as well, I'm like I'm glad I get it. <laughs> like it's it's one of, th- but I think part of that, like I mean that that four million dollars is very high, but I think that's probably just because what is expected to like how long a game has to be, you know. And like a scale of what a game is expected to be contributes to that very high thing. I think you could make a game on a more modest, like 40 K in a year, you know, among two people. I mean, yeah. I mean, I made, I made a game for, I think $300 is all that I paid to make that game. Yeah. I mean, I listen, indie, oh. I don't pay people a lot of money to make games for indie apocalypse. And those games are very good. I think still. And those people make those games in like three months, uh, so it's kind of like you technically don't need that. But I think that, that part of it is like, how do you convince people that games can actually be short? You know, and like more uh, sensibly scalable. There's, I think that's part of what the what you're describing with you know itch, doing more uh journalism on right. smaller creators would accomplish is normalizing that context because yeah. i think it's uh because it, uh, indie games are more in the kind of like if you compare them to film uh the indie the the indie indie space is like on the same level as like your the indie space and movie that is like fox searchlight stuff where it's like is Wes Anderson an indie filmmaker, you know, <laughs> kind of, uh, or like that kind of like smaller budget space. That's not a uh, $130 million. It's only, it's only a modest $20 million. But I, th- I think a lot of game devs, especially what's on itch feel fa- falls more into the realm of like experimental short film, you know, of just like no budget, uh, often not, commercially minded in the kind of very traditional sense which is like a not hard publisher friendly right right not very pu- i mean the thing is they're not publisher friendly until people like them <laughs> it's honestly surprising how many like big games or like just games that you can tell was a lot ever put into it that are just free on itch right yeah they're just free Right, these games are just like years upon years upon years long efforts. Oh, I I, I rarely reference the chat, but if I if I could, if I uh, aspirationally of life, if I would love to be the Roger Corman of video games, it would be a true dream to become a Roger Corman of video games of just slapping shit together for the cheapest possible thing. But like, you got to make it, you know. You just gotta like, okay, we can make this thing on no money, reuse a bunch of stuff, and uh, yeah, people should like reuse stuff way more. Also, I think I love uh, 
reusing stuff and people have always like reused stuff reuse everything yeah just everything also All charge art. for everything True. not enough people are charging for stuff yeah Heck, for for was where i had someone in the discord server that was like dedicated to the jam had to bully me into making it four dollars yeah and four dollars i would not have made it four dollars if they didn't bully me into doing so and like that is see that's the thing is like i'll pay way more than four dollars for like an album and you know like that is like a a perfect and it's like a perfect length for like a a short game you know i think it was originally going to be like a dollar yeah but even if money at all but they're like no more you put effort into this put it more right and it's it's a precedent for others as well i i think i put i i launched katya's abyss at eleven dollars which is more than what people would, more than what I think p- players would price it at, right? Yeah. Um, because I was kind of like, F- fuck you though, like <laughs> I put a lot of work into this game. Yeah, and that's, and it's like, you want to make back the, the money. Or like and, and I want to set that precedent. I want to put, put my money where my mouth is, I guess, so to speak. Um, to say like games are worth money. Yes, my, my games are worth money. Other games are also worth. Yeah, money. that is. I mean, uh, I'm very biased, and that is my general philosophy. Of even when people don't say that, I'm saying that for them. <laughs> uh, being like, no, uh, you wanna, you wanna pay money for this thing, and I, p- people, I think are more willing, or like increasingly, like they're more willing to do that. The problem is gamers. The problem is the gamers. It always has been. It's those cursed beings of gamers. But, like, I had a whole, like, friend group that, like, came up to my my place, and they each bought uh, they each bought an issue, like, on the little cassette. And they were just like, oh, yeah, this is cool. They're like, they're like, it's a cool thing that, like, you can just, like, buy a small art. And, like, I think people are, like, the, the, the mentality of games as, like, a, as like a way to spend time, I think is like a turn off to some people, you know. Hmm. I recently bought, uh, bought this book. I, have you heard of it called um, uh, "The Game Industry Doesn't Exist" by Brenton K. Something. Yes, I, I was. I knew the name, and I could not help you. <laughs> You're on your own there. <laughs> It's one of those things I've never said out loud. I was waiting. I was hoping you would say it out loud, so that I would, so that I would know how to say it. We will never know. Yeah. Did you read it? No, I did not. But yeah. I, I, I do started, know the book. I, I started. I I, I kind of uh, trailed off, but maybe I should try it again. But it was like the um, what I read was like kind of I guess talking about like um, the uh, how kind of like way that we culture like like collectively culturally understand games is like very uh different to the reality of game development where it's like there is a you know if you think of something like music there is like a whole like you, you don't consider music uh well i mean some i guess some people do it's like it's kind of more understood that kind of music is kind of like a something that anyone can do and that there are different levels of expression or participation in it which have all have value and then there is like a and there is like a 
people who make games, uh, sorry, people who make music in their spare time, there's like local bands, you can see local bands, and then you or can Or like make... even just like people singing in a choir, or people singing together in a kind of non-professional, right. but like culturally important sense. Yes, yeah, and, and, and then with uh, but the uh, but with games, it's kind of like this like uh, uh, AAA or bus kind of like, uh, like you know, like... Like monolithic. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly, and, and like, um, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting, uh, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of like, like, I, like, I think like, it's like people are kind of resentful of, uh, like a kind of a low fidelity in games, which right. isn't really a problem. No, I've like, I, I like the term low because I. I like the term low fidelity and other terms that aren't uh, retro <laughs> uh, because I think they better describe games because I don't think necessarily low fidelity is like hearkening back strictly to like a previous era more than it's just like a style to to work in. And I really, it, it's very coincidental that you said uh, like local bands because that's what I was using last week to describe the people making the games in Apocalypse. So I was like, they're like, uh, like it's indie, but like indie, like your local band is indie. You know, it's like the local bands of game dev. Uh, try and like find a way to describe the scale that a lot of people within the thing work at, and I think that is like good parallel thought. I'm glad <laughs> it was there. But uh, yeah, I think there is a sort of uh, that that there is that expectation of like. You know that that the triple A or bust is very strong because like things that are not triple A are just like aspiring to be it one day. You know, or th th that's what you should be. You know, when it's really you can just like, like sorry. So I guess like it's like the indie scene or like uh, I think it's also kind of like um, it's like. It's like it, it lack. I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. It lacks the confidence because it's like a very desperate place financially, or like uh, yeah. exposure. But I also think it's like, like like. I think we could all be more uh, unapologetic of this, or like right. kind of like uh, draw, draw a line in the sand or something. Of like, as opposed to kind of like uh, hashtag, use my shoot 'em up. That, yes, um, <laughs> it's got a big little fox. Called Tunic or something. I don't know what. What is this game? Like, <laughs> I, I I googled. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, it's... but it's, I mean, if you think about like indie music, there is kind of like a swagger or um, a you know, there's something like supposedly cool about being like kind of an obscure act from wherever that no one knows about, but like a few specialists and cult like. Uh, I don't know, he's a cult favorite of a few people. Like, there's a kind of a coolness to that obscurity, and I guess, like, maybe people can thrive on that um, mysterious atmosphere a little more, or maybe there's a way to just have a little more uh, strength in, <laughs> in yeah. being unknown losers. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think this is happening. Like, if you, get, if you get off itch, if you touch some grass... <laughs> like you know like you think of like a cruelty squad or like a lot of these kind of games that um 
I think it coming coming more from Instagram as like a primary audience. It's like it is like a different culture, like uh, um, which I think has more of a uh, uh, else with like kind of like uh, like obscurity or kind of like inaccessible, like being uh, obtuse, being a positive as opposed to a negative. Right, right. No, I, like, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, Domino Club is a perfect example of this, of, you know, their, I'm trying, I don't know the time frame, but, you know, they do their regular Domino Club jams, and they're just like, this is like people confident in, like, making, and a lot lot of their games are in some sense, like, you know, made largely for themselves, uh, for this, like, community. But there is, you know, those are not, like, uh, games and there's you know there's plenty of like a uh, collective like strange paradise i think does uh, or no just paradise i don't know why i call them strange paradise i think they're just called paradise club also is like a collective people doing this there's what is this there's a new one that i forgot the name of uh that came out fairly recently uh infinite tears is that what i'm thinking of um is infinite tears one of them yes infinite tears uh similar doing like very uh, obscure uh, alternative vignettes and things like that. Uh, you know, Glorious Trainwrecks uh, has been around for a very long time. Uh, anyway, what I'm saying is there's a lot of shit. And I love it and I love more of it. But if you go, but like you said, if you go, if you are, if you've never heard of grass before in your life and you are spending all your time online, you would think there's only like a couple hundred people in within the game dev as a medium, you know? It is a pretty difficult lived reality, both as an indie musician with a small cult following or a indie game maker with a small cult following. Like it's, it's by no means uh, like financially no. lucrative, <laughs> no. or like, nor in a kind of like personal self-esteem sense. So validating. <laughs> so understandably, it's a it's a tough it's a tough life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've I've definitely. <laughs> A constant refrain on I've mentioned is it's hard to tell someone that like, hey, I love the thing you do and don't worry, it'll it'll pay off with a lot of people will really love it ten years from now and it'll pay off then when you're deeply yeah. revered and respected. But uh. <laughs> the mindset one has to do this work with like you, it's like un you just have to hope that it matters to someone and if yeah. it doesn't. It's also okay. Right, as long yeah. as hopefully it'll matter to you in the time. That's I guess the most important part of it. It's, yeah, it's um, Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like at times I think to myself, how like which more important to me? Working on something I know I love or being able to live. Right, yes. And have a good salary and t- and even like with the stuff I make now, I've always keep myself, remind myself and keep myself in mind that I'm most likely not going to make anything out of this. Barely anyone's going to look at it, but I made it. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm always surprised when I see that someone's even bought one of my things. It's like, wow, who, why is someone buying my stuff? Right. Yeah. Right. That is, uh, I've a startling number of people, um, have said uh, any apocalypse is the first time they got paid 
uh, <laughs> it's uh, bleak in a way, but also it's like, you know, tricky and difficult to work with uh, because it's like, the, I, I think, I think it is like the, it's building, like the culture is building where someone is like, not even like, Oh, I don't, what, I don't even have steam installed. I just play all my games off of itch. Um, is getting closer, but you know, it's a, it's a young medium and there's all, there's, there's a myriad, there's a, uh, a whole, it's incalculable, like the, to describe how games got to where they are as a medium and the show does not have time for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. very young, but it's cool. And you know, there's, there are cool people making stuff and that's kind of why I still show up every day, you know? Mm-hmm. There will never be an end to all the games that are constantly, constantly coming out. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, if we stopped making games right now, like, full stop, no more games are allowed to be made, and, but we didn't have to work or sleep or eat, we could still never play all of, our, all of the games in our lifetime, probably, you know? Yeah, I have like hundreds right. of hundreds of games in my right. Playlander collection. Yeah. We just do that. Stop making games and playing them all. Playing all the yeah. clothes before we start making new ones. And I, I, <laughs> and I don't. I honestly don't even play a lot of games. That is like the other. I was like, what about other art? Then there exists other art in the world. <laughs> When am I supposed to watch movies if I'm playing all these video games all the time? Uh, Are you supposed to do anything? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's there's so much. Yeah, and I, and I think that's like a good mentality. Just like, uh, you know, I cheekily called this thing Indie Apocalypse three and a half years ago, <laughs> um, but there 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 have always been and there always will be too many games to play, uh, and really. Uh, it's good to just like stop playing games sometimes. I think I think I, I think uh, games benefit from people who are not playing games, much like any other art form does. There's wow. a story of um, Nintendo being really benefiting from that in its early days, isn't there? Of them hiring people who were completely disconnected from any other video games being made at the time and creating very unique and innovative experiences as a result of it yeah well, well what is like what is the you know the famed earth earthbound man uh what's his name ito i think it is Itoy. Itoy. he was what like uh he's like a, he was an artist before that right like an artist or an essayist or something and he's like a more general artist not necessarily just a game designer i think so and I think there is like, and that's how you get a, you know, a thing that I, I mentioned that he's fresh on the brain because a friend found like a short story collection he did with like uh, Murakami or a short essay collection, one of those two. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. A lot of like it, it benefits to like, and that's how you get a very uh, a thing that people think about all the time still and obsess with, you know. A thing that is still like you know very singular in its kind of like uh, design. Uh, 
But yeah, that is, uh, uh, I don't know. I trailed off. I, I lost, <laughs> lost my thought. Like, anyway, stop playing video games. If you're a game designer, spend a year without playing video games and like watch a movie, go outside, uh, read a book. Honestly, I feel like I need to play more games because I end up doing everything but play games. Yeah, yeah I'll make games, but I won't actually play them. That's... There's still, <laughs> there's still one game that I helped work on, and I have not played it at all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know that is a, a it informs art in like a different way. I think that's beneficial. You know, uh, you know people playing video games who only play video games just make more video games they make like dilutions of dilutions of dilutions you know uh it's like this is my version of the legend of zelda a link to the past it has um a different little guy with a sword who explores dungeons but anyway it's called tunic and has who had a four million Anyway, <laughs> sure, okay. Listen, um, you, you, I'm not saying um, if you if you say here's my version of Legend of Zelda, you'll get a. And I feel, I feel mean. You know, like I'm picking on two. Like I'm picking on Tunic. I don't really. I've never played it. I'm sure it's very good. Uh, it's just a. It's just a very good. Uh, that 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 article that like uh, that that pull quote is a very good pull quote to pick on of, you know, the, the detachment of. Uh, the game industry from the medium of creating games. Uh, but anyway, I, if you want to give me $4 million, I'll make a game for that. I'll hire. If you want to give me $4 million, I'll just take it. Yeah. And disappear into the wilderness. <laughs> yes. My Retire. dream is someone just to hire me just to make stuff. Yeah. They don't muse. even care what I make. They just hire me like, oh yeah, just make stuff and I'll pay you. That's, I mean... On if you if you uh, take that four million dollars and subtract about like three million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ninety, you know most of the dollars from that, uh, that is Indie Apocalypse commission monthly commission games, but if you gave if people gave me more money, I could pay people better money to do that. If no. someone hand, handed me four million dollars, first off. I'm going to go ahead and pay my taxes right off the back. Board. Yes. Second off, I'm throwing at least half of it into retirement. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we are, we are cresting uh, over two hours of the show, which is a good length for this show. And not at all. Someone was saying we have to go. Uh, so, uh, uh, we got to the end of the show. Thank you all. Uh, Kiefer, Rodfire, Protected Mission, Fantasia, Malware. Thank you all for being here on the show. Uh, we are hitting the important part of uh, the end of a show, which is how do we find these people after the show is over? Uh, Fantasia Malware, I'll start off with you. Where can people find your stuff if we really want to look uh, for it? You would go to www.fantasia-malware.net Perfect. And then you would um, look at it. <laughs> I got you. I got you covered. I, I got these links in the in the holster, ready to go. Peace. Yes. 
And from there, you can go to all sorts of the projects, Gabriel, Jira's, Chloe's individual things. Websites, folks. Get your own website. Uh, uh, What do I think of next? Uh, Who knows? Oh, for me, you would go to deadinsideartist.art. It'll link to not only my itch, but just any other small website I've made. And there's multiple. Trust me, there's multiple. (laughs) Yes, we talked about making a website, but did you make? Did you know you can make two websites, three websites, four websites? <laughs> Just if you have a, if you own a domain, you can make so many subdomain websites yeah. as well. Oh, listen, I as oh. many as your heart can. T- I, I, I highly encourage people, even if you don't have a website, at least purchase like a domain, and then you can just redirect it to other things. But like, own your shit at the top level, you know. Uh. Own all of it. Trust me, it's it's great. Yeah. Just don't fall into the hole of buying so many domains because they're cool. Sound. Right, right. Listen, or, or, or a fun vanity domain. What did I? What did I want to buy? I wanted to buy. I figure what it was. It was. A, I wanted to buy a fun domain, but it would have cost like a thousand dollars or something ridiculous, or six hundred dollars. But it would have been. Yeah. Fu- it would have been funny. Uh, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, Kiefer, your where can people find your work? Uh, I'm on itch.io at 100,000, uh, spelled out. I'm also on Twitch. I stream weekly game dev on Twitch at twitch.tv slash 100,000. Perfect. Uh, my main two things. I, there was a time where I had, cause I'm only on here once a week, uh, for like two hours. And I used to just like follow a bunch of people and then auto host. They said auto host random to all the people I follow, but it doesn't do that anymore, which sucks. Uh, I don't know why they took that feature off. It seemed like it would be a cool thing. That way I could be like, hey, if you don't, I'm only here once a week, but if you pop in during the week, you'll probably find some other new people there. Yeah. They took out auto host? I think they did. No. It was a cool, th- it was a cool thing because then otherwise, who knows? Anyway, anyway. That's it. Indiepocalypse. It's cool. I think you should buy it on... That's that's me saying myself now. Indiepocalypse.com is where you get it. You can get off my own website. You can go through uh, peachpranks.itch.io to buy it on itch if you want. Uh, if you go to indiepocalypse.com slash tapes or on any of the itch pages, you can buy a physical edition of Indiepocalypse, which is a... Uh, you can get... It's a USB stick inside of a cassette case with, like, the cover art on it. They look really cool. I like them. Uh, encourage people making games if you go to events is a cool way it's a cool inefficient way or not no very efficient inexpensive way to sell your games at a like, like local events uh indiepocalypse.com slash patreon you can just subscribe uh, there it's a cool it's like a monthly it's like a monthly zine subscription or if you you get the physical ones there you get zines there if you go for only five bucks you can get like uh, just the commission games each month, which is like five bucks for a cool game from the people who are like, you know, at the forefront of like underground game dev. I think that's a bargain. That's more than a bargain. It's like a steal. You're robbing from me when you do that, basically. So become the highwayman in your world. And I, and I uh, take my money, not my life. Uh, and subscribe to that, I guess. That's it. If you want to submit, if you want to join to be part of Indiepocalypse, uh, com slash submit. It's always open. Uh, 
join the Indie Dollar Indie Apocalypse uh, $6 Club, uh, which is once or twice a year, you, you will get $6 from me through PayPal after you get your initial, like, 60 or 70 or whatever. You'll be like, oh, look at that. I can buy a hamburger because Andrew sent me $6 or something. Can you even buy a hamburger, though? Uh, if you go to, like, McDonald's, you probably can. One Maybe. of the cheaper ones. Yeah, you can get, like, a... They have dollar menus still, right? <laughs> they I don't do. Know about that. Yeah. You can get, like, a $2 burger. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I... I'm a fan of that. Anyway, anyway, we're wrapping up the show. Um, I... The cheap food. Cheap food is good. I sometimes... I like... I like... I like fast food. I like... Uh, the food of the people. I we did not mention it on this show, but I usually uh, sometimes the show just evolves into me talking about food and like what people like for food. And but it's it, it's it's approaching lunchtime for yeah, me, so I can uh, feel that. I'm extremely hungry. I'm getting food I, after this. I am also very hungry. I'm getting food after this, and by getting food, I mean I'm gonna microwave the the McDonald's burger I have in my fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is, uh, I think about, I like, that's why I like going on trips. Cause when I go on trips, it's like, this is when I get like McDonald's burgers or uh, I go to the Taco Bell and I'm like, yes, uh, I, 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 I excuse myself and like, will I give these companies all my personal information if it means I get free food? Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, that just that right level of, uh, who knows? I like, I like inexpensive food. But anyway, we got to wrap up the show. We're closing it down, ending it on. Thank you uh, all for being here. It's a blast. I love I love doing this show because I love hanging out with people, you know. Uh, but that said, goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Goodbye. Take my money.